Welcome to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Hey everyone, welcome to City View Church. I hope you are having a good week, great week, or I don't know how your week has gone. I don't know about you, but 2020 has not turned out how I thought it was going to turn out. I, last year as we were planning for 2020, as we were putting series together and thinking of the future of City View and all that, even life and all that, like we had plans and I know pastor friends of mine, they had series like 2020 vision, um, 2020 in the new you and all these things looking at how great 2020 is going to be. And man, 2020 has turned out to be a pretty crazy year, hasn't it? I mean, it started with the wildfires that just seemed we're never going to stop in Australia. And then Kobe Bryant and, and, and his daughter die in a helicopter crash. And then COVID hits and everybody goes on lockdown. And we have this time of, of just living in this fear and tension and anxiety. And then we see um, George Floyd killed on camera. And then we see riots and protests and all these things happening. And it just does something to your soul, doesn't it? It unsettles you. No matter where you stand on any of these topics, no matter where you, what, what you hold on to, no matter what, is, what political party, no matter what color your skin is, no matter any of those things, your age, it does something to your soul. It unsettles you. And that, that's sort of where I'm at. I'm unsettled. As, as I was thinking about what do I share today? What do I share for this weekend? I've, I've really struggled and really just have put a, so much thought, so much prayer. God, what, where is it? Right now we're in a series titled Faith. And it, it's been great. But I, the, the next message, which I'll be sharing next week, and I'm really looking forward to it, um, I just didn't feel was, was where I needed to go this weekend. And so just asking and seeking the Lord, God, what is it you have for your people? This morning is that message for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, meet us here. Meet us right now in this place. Lord, we all, I'm, I know that we all have a different kind of emotion as we have exited this week and getting ready to enter a new one. Lord, we are in a, many of us are questioning, we're, we're in fear or anger or anxiety, we're frustrated, we want things to change, we want things to go back to normal, we don't even know what normal is anymore, we don't even know what, know what a new normal could look like. God, because it just seems like every day there's something new. But God, you stay the same. You were the same yesterday. You were the same today. And you will be the same tomorrow. Lord, you never change. Lord, there is no shifting shadow with you. So God, thank you for being our constant. And God, I ask as churches all over the valley and all over the world are what some are, are gathering again. Some are still online like us. Lord, I ask that you would meet your people all over. God, that you'd speak to your people, whether they're at Relentless or CCV or Calvary Community. Lord, whether your people are at Desert City Church, Desert Breeze Church. Lord, no matter where your people are, your people, your church is bigger than one building. It's bigger than one congregation. It is your people. 
And our goal and our heart's desire, Lord, is to see your kingdom come and your will be done. So, Lord, I ask, God, that you would do that, Lord, in our time. God, that we would see you move. Lord, that you would bring revival to our city, to our nation, and to our world. God, speak to the hearts of your people at City View Church this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would turn with me to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. If you have no clue where Isaiah is, that's okay. The verses are going to be here on the screen. But if you have a Bible or your YouVersion Bible app, YouVersion Bible app is easy. You just click Isaiah and you find Isaiah. If you have a Bible, it's going to be close to the middle. So if you just sort of do this thing um, and then find it from there, you're going you're gonna to go to the middle and find it. It's going to be somewhere around the middle part. Um, Isaiah chapter 6. So Isaiah chapter 6, it opens with, In the year of King Uzziah. King Uzziah was one of Israel's great kings. He is the Israel, the people of Israel. They had, they sort of, their kings are categorized as good kings and evil kings. And he was in the category of a good king for the people of Israel. And I, I don't know about you, but when you live in a country like ours, we have good presidents and bad presidents. And, and some of us, we can argue on whether or not we see some as good and some as bad. I'm not even going to get into that today. But that's this king. They saw him as good. And this king, he became king when he was 16 years old. He reigned for over 50 years. He set out and he did some great things with the people, for the people. But then towards the end of his life, he did some things that were not the best things. And Isaiah, the prophet, one of Israel's main prophets, he writes in Isaiah chapter 6, in the year of King Uzziah's death. In the year of King Uzziah's death. A king that he looked up to, a king that he loved, a king that he served, a king that he saw towards the end of his life take a turn. In that year of his death. You know, I thought how many of us, you know, in this year, this year of 2020, we had these plans. I know some of you probably set goals. You set New Year's resolutions. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do this more. I'm not going to be on social media. I'm not going to, whatever your goals, I'm going to read this many books. And maybe if you're a book reader and you've been locked down, you've like, I already beat my goal for books. Great job. Good, Good for you. I'm happy for you. I don't know if, I haven't even read a book lately. Have I? I don't even know. Um... But in this year of 2020, it hasn't really gone anywhere near any of us thought it was going to go. And it says, And in the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord. As we go through this chapter, as we look at Isaiah chapter 6, there's three things that we're going to look at. One, we're going to see that Isaiah, he saw God. The second thing we're going to see that Isaiah saw himself. And the third thing that we're going to look at is Isaiah saw the need. That's the pattern of what we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 6 today. The first thing he says, and I saw the Lord. In this time of turmoil, in this time of hurt and pain, in this time of loss, in this time of questioning, in this time of of not knowing what to do, in this time of, of, of this turmoil that Isaiah finds himself, 
in the year of King Uzziah's death. And I know many of us can, can, we can put anything in that hurt place, anything in that place of King Uzziah's death. You could put a litany of things right there. You could put anything you want right there of, of something that has caused you hurt and pain. You, maybe somebody you know has, has passed away this year. Maybe you lost your, your job. Maybe you lost a, a, lo- a loved one. Maybe you lost a position. Maybe just watching what happened on the news, that, that's it. Maybe it's, it's COVID and, and all that is taken from you. You feel like so much has been taken from you. You can say, in the year of COVID-19, in the year of George Floyd's death, in the year of, of economic uproar, in the year of, of Donald Trump 2020, in the year of you name it, you put it there, what do you see? What are you looking to? Where are your eyes? Because that's key. That's key. Isaiah, we see here, in the year of King Uzziah's death, he says, I saw the Lord. His eyes looked up. His eyes looked up. So I ask, where are your eyes? What are you looking to? What are you looking at? You know, I've been doing, I listened to this lady named Carolyn Leaf and she was talking about the the brain and and how your brain has, I don't even know all the scientific words, but how it creates like nodules or something like that and these things and your brain creates habits and all these kind of things. And so one thing I've really been trying to do is first thing in the morning, I, I, I try really hard not to look at my phone. I don't want to look at emails, texts, social media, any of those things. I, I want my morning to start off with the Lord. So, and I found the, the more I do that, the better the rest of my day is. So I'm trying to create good habits. And I wonder if in this moment when Isaiah, when he lost a close friend, when he lost a king, when he lost somebody, the whole nation lost somebody that, the, that really was leading them up until the end, but it was a, a good king. I wonder if he had these habits of always looking to the Lord. So I ask you, what are you looking to in this time? In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord. But where did he see the Lord? It says, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. Sitting on a throne, in control. That's what sitting means. Not worrying, not pacing, not stressed out, not not wondering, not going to a podium, not trying to speak. Sitting with confidence. Sitting with authority. Sitting with assurance. Sitting on his throne. You see, what Isaiah saw in, in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, we see it also in Revelation chapter 21, verse 5. Um, John writes this of God. He says, And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. Revelation chapter 21, it comes at the 
end of all things, way future for us. We, we don't know when that day is going to happen, but John gives us a peek into the future. He says, okay, you know, we see here in Isaiah 6 that God is sitting on his throne, and then John gives us a peek into the future. He allows us to see the future. He says, guess who's still on the throne? Guess who's sitting? It's God. And guess what he says? There is going to be a new day. There are going to be new things. There is new hope. And he says, and my word is faithful and true. You can believe me. That's a hope that we have. Isaiah says, in in the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne. He is lofty and exalted. He is holy and righteous and good. You know what? As we look at this, it says, "I, I see the Lord seated on the throne, lofty and exalted, We look at rulers of the world who have power. You know, and one of the most powerful positions in our world is the President of the United States. Whether you like him now or not, the President of our country is typically one of the most, holds one of the most highest places of authority. Countries look to him. They look to our country of what are we doing? How are we doing? And right now in our state, it's, it's sort of crazy. Not in our state meaning Phoenix, but in the state of our country. Our state meaning Arizona, whatever. But I love that Isaiah says, okay, you know what? You're, you're you know, he doesn't speak to our president. Our president, I mean, he can be president maximum of eight years. Jesus never loses authority. Never. He is always lofty and he's always exalted and he's always in control and he's always in authority. That's who your king, your leader, who your Jesus is. He is lofty and exalted and says, and with the train of his robe, it fills the temple. If you can picture what a train is, it's not an actual train. For those of you kids that are listening, it's not a train that goes choo-choo, but it's the idea of when you, you probably have seen a, a woman who is married and their dress has that train and the longer the train, the more expensive the dress and usually the more glorious the dress. And it's same with the king. A king's robe would have a train and the longer the train would speak to his authority and his power and his ability to to make decisions sitting and not having to move and not having to do anything. His authority and his ability to just be, be the leader and the one who's taking charge. And when it says, and the train of his robe, it fills the temple. It's giving all these people this idea of this king, this king that, is, uh, that Isaiah is speaking of, he is in control he, with power and authority. And his train fills the room. There's no train like him. There's no authority like his. There's no commander like him. There's no king like him. And Isaiah is trying to get us this mental picture of the awesomeness of God. And he says, in the king, in the year when King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, 
lofty and exalted, and the train of his robe fills the temple. And it says in verse 2, Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. Seraphim were, were there. So there were different kinds of angels. There were seraphim and cherubim, and they all had different roles of how they served God. Seraphim are the angels spoken of here. It says, Seraphim stood above him, each having six, six wings. With two they covered their face, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. So here's what we see. We see that when they covered their face, they're saying we cannot look upon God. When they're covering their feet, they're saying we cannot show anything dirty in front of God. We cannot show our feet before God. So with, with four of their wings, they come to God with humility. With two of their wings, they come to God with their ability to serve. I, I think we can learn a lot from these angels. So many of us want to use everything we have to go and do and go and do and go and do and just action, 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 action. But we see these angels that with over half of what they had, they came to God with humility. And then they served with two wings. And it says, And one of the angels said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. Why three holies? Isn't one holy enough? Yeah, it is. But in, in, the, in the Hebrew language, to, to emphasize and to, to help us realize how powerful, how mighty, and how important a statement is, that's why you repeat it. It's like this echo chamber. It's like this place that you want to amplify how amazing something is. And that's why these angels say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, whose the, the whole earth is full of His glory, and the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of Him who called out with, with, while the temple was filled with smoke. So when He says the whole earth is filled with glory, and then it says in verse 4 that the temple is filled with smoke, that has, that's giving us this idea of how God's presence is filling this space. And so I ask you, you know, it says in the year when King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord as Isaiah's eyes were fixed on him. What are your eyes fixed on? Two, I ask, what is your home filled with? Is it filled with the glory of God? Is it filled with the presence of God? Or is it filled with fear and anxiety? What is your home filled with? Then Isaiah spoke. So the first, he saw God. The second thing, he saw himself. He says, then I spoke, woe is me, for I am ruined. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Woe is me, for I am ruined. You know, and that's where so much, so much of all of this, everything that's going on, it starts, it has to start in ourselves. We have to be willing to step back and say, God, what is it you want to speak to me? God, what is it you want to speak to my heart? 
This week we had a young lady over at my house. While she was driving in, while she was going to a restaurant this week, somebody yelled at her a very crude word. That really hurt her. This young lady who has darker skin than I am, she has called a name that many hateful people have said those names before to others. It was her first experience of having that said to her in such a derogatory, negative way. And she came to our house broken. Many of us have asked, what can we do? Here was her question. Why did no anything say something to him? Or why did nobody say anything to him? And why did nobody see how I was doing? Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I thought, man, what if some of the things we do, what if we just started asking more questions? What, what if so the simplest thing for this young lady would have been for somebody to come to her and say, are you okay? The guy drove off. The guy was gone. I mean, you could have yelled at him and that would have, that would have helped her too. But if somebody would have just said, are you okay? Would have meant the world. And I look at this Isaiah, woe is me for I am ruined. And how many of us have actually stepped back and analyzed our own hearts, analyzed what are we doing? What are we doing with our own lives? How, how am I being as a, as a man or as a husband or as a father? What am I doing as a woman, as a wife or as, as, a, as a mom? Am I living a life that is showing the glory of God? And Isaiah comes to this moment when he's in the presence of God, he realizes, woe is me, I am ruined. You can't see what God wants you to do until you realize how ruined you are. To realize how deprived and how evil we can be. We saw how evil society is. We saw how despicable and how wicked people can be. We saw how depraved mankind is. Are we able to look into ourselves like Isaiah, who is a prophet of God? He is God's spokesman. Yet at this point, when he comes into the presence of an almighty God, he realizes, I am so far from being perfect. He says, I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips. And then he realizes, and I live among a people of unclean lips because my eyes have seen the King. Isn't this our society today? Isaiah saw himself. I am ruined. And he, that's sort of the state he's at. But the thing is, God doesn't want to leave any of us in that state. But it's a, it's a good place to be. 
Not to be forever, but it's a good place to sit and look at our own hearts. Look at our own place. Look at where we are. God, what is it you want to analyze in me? Man, this week I had a moment where I, with one of my sons and I was a complete jerk. There's other words to define it, but I'm not a cusser. I was a complete jerk to one of my sons. I was not loving. I was not caring. It was over the most awful, awful, or not awful thing. It was over the most dumb thing, but I acted in an awful way. And man, I had to apologize and I had to come to my son and say, I am so sorry. Woe is me. For I am a father of unclean lips. Then it says in verse 6, Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar, the altar where sins would be burned away, the altar where prayers would go up to God, this altar where, where it just is talking about this consecration that can happen to a life. Taken with tongues. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is forgiven. That's what Jesus did for you on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he is taking your sins and he says, you are forgiven. But we can never truly understand how much we've been forgiven until we realize what we've been forgiven from. Until we're willing to actually sit and realize all that God has done, what he has saved us from of ourselves. Until we really sit and admit it. And that's what Isaiah had to do. He had to, he saw himself First, before God could do anything else, he had to see God. He had to see how holy and mighty and awesome. And once he saw how mighty God was, then he was able to see himself and realize, woe is me for I am a man of unclean lips, but God doesn't leave him there. God then goes and sends that angel, one of those angels, and he takes a coal and he sears and he burns his lips to cleanse them. And that's what God wants to do to your soul. He wants to cleanse your soul. Forgive you. And then we, as we are in this moment, we, we get a picture into this, this time in this temple. He says, and then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, and so as we're with Isaiah in this moment, he's in some kind of a whether it's a dream state, a trans, we don't really know what kind of state or what kind of state he's in at this moment. But he says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Because Isaiah was able to see how mighty God was and because Isaiah was able to see the state of his heart and he was willing to admit, God, I have fault. God, I have things in me. And God, I see the pain and the things in, my, in the people around me, in the city that I live in. I see their sin, but God, we can't stay that way. And God, I can't stay that way. And then God sends this angel to cleanse his lips as God sent Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And at that place when people when we come to that place where we say, God, I need you, then Isaiah saw the need. The third thing, he saw the need. 
God says, who shall we send to this people that they might have the change in their hearts that they need? You know, we, we live in a, a broken time, a broken society, a time where there is so much hurt and so much pain. And, you know, and, and there will be a day when, when everything we're seeing now, is, it, there will be changes and things that will happen. But until people have a soul change, a heart change, a saving change in Jesus Christ, nothing will ever get better in their lives. It's only a Band-Aid. It's only a temporary fix. Until they meet Jesus. So God says, I want to send my people out to share about the hope they can have in God. But who should we send? And because Isaiah saw the Lord, and because Isaiah saw himself, and because Isaiah had an angel come and minister to his heart, and he was able to receive forgiveness of his sins, Isaiah was able to say then in verse 8, Here I am, send me. Send me. And God says, go and tell this people. And what's sad here is we look at these next few verses as we see this state of where the people don't realize how bad they're in. Look at this. He said, go and tell the people. Keep on listening, but they do not perceive. Keep on looking, but do not understand. Render the hearts of people insensitive. Their ears are dull. Their eyes are dim. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and, and return and be healed. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, until cities are devastated and without inhabitants. Houses are without people and the land is utterly desolate. The Lord has removed men far away and forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. Yet there will be a tenth portion in it and it will again be subject to burning like a terebinth or an oak whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is the stump. So we look at this and we're like, man, this is terrible. I'm glad this is not speaking to our time. This is speaking to the time in Isaiah that Isaiah, God is setting up Isaiah. He says, hey, what you're about to walk into, it's going to be tough work. It's not going to be easy. It's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But the last part of verse 13, the holy seed speaks of Jesus. The holy seed speaks of Jesus. So I ask you, in this time, of all that's going on, where are your eyes? Isaiah says, I saw the Lord. And then once you've seen, and, and I'm not saying you're going to see God, but have, have you stepped back and just really thought about how amazing God is? Isaiah says, and in the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord seated on, seated on his throne. Do you realize that God is in control? He's never lost authority. 
He hasn't skipped a beat. He hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't forgotten about me. God will have justice. It says in Proverbs, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. My vengeance can only go so far, but God will do what is just. Do we see how mighty and how powerful God is? Are we willing and are we willing to step back and look at our own hearts like Isaiah? He says, then I said, woe is me for I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips. Are we willing to step back? And then are we willing to step forward when God says, who will go for us? Are you willing to move forward? Are you willing to say, God, send me? What does that look like? It can be as easy as listening. This week I, I posted a, a, a video um, just about my response and my heart in this whole thing. Watch the video. There's a link um, in the description here. But God said to Isaiah, or he, he speaks to these angels and he looks going, hey guys, who will go for us? Now God knew he was going to send Isaiah, but he wanted to give Isaiah that option to say, hey God, will you send me? Will you send me? Are you willing to be sent by God? Say, God, will you send me? I'm not saying go to another country. That is not at all. Our country needs people to be his action, to, do, to be God's hand and f- hands and feet now. Our country needs it more than ever. There are so many people broken and hurting that want nothing to do with God, but they don't realize that the God they want nothing to do with wants everything to do with them. And he loves them. And you have that message of hope. And God, as he tells Isaiah, he says, man, you're going to walk into a broken place. You're going to walk into a broken place. But Isaiah's message all throughout, he's talking about hope, about a God who has a far-reaching arm, about a God whose love never ends, about a God who forgives. And as we get to the end of Isaiah, you see about this God who has this kingdom that will reign forever and ever. And as I've been studying this and, and looking at this, this, this song, that song, whole, that, the song, Holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty has been ringing through my brain. I was getting ready to sing it, but I couldn't remember it. I've been singing it all day and now I forget it. Of course I do. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. It goes, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. That's your God. Isaiah, he saw God. He saw himself. And then he saw the need. So I ask you, do you see God? Are you willing to look at yourself so that you can see the need and live the life that God has called you to live? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for today. God, you are a good God. You are a just God. You are a loving God. And you have a great plan in all things. And God, I thank you that you love us, that you care for us, that you're patient enough with us, just like you were patient with Isaiah. Lord, he saw his brokenness, yet you did not leave him in it. You healed him and you forgave him. So Jesus, I thank you that you do that for us. 
And maybe right now you are somebody that you feel broken. You're like, God, I am ruined. Maybe you, you've never been, for, you've never, you never felt like you've been forgiven by God. I want to give you that opportunity to say, you know what? I want to make a decision to follow Jesus today. I want to follow Jesus with my life. I want you, I want you to pray with me. Pray with me now and say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, please forgive me. Like this guy that the pastor just talked about, this guy that had the burning thing, God, I feel like I need that now. Forgive me of my sin, of all the things that that I've done and some of the things I don't even know I did. God, forgive me. God, I want to follow you now. I believe that your son Jesus died on a cross for me. And it's, it's in Jesus, I believe. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to cityviewphx.com.